Welcome to the RVA Returners Podcast, your weekly source for all things Final Fantasy TCG. Uh, I do need to get another Aerith. I really hope our, I, I would love to get the call today that Battlegrounds has their product, but I doubt that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I, we're probably going to have to wait till tomorrow. But you know what's not going to have to wait till tomorrow, Adam? The next episode of the RVA Returners Podcast. Good morning, everybody. This is episode 50. Welcome to episode 50 of the RVA Returners Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Adams. With me through this entire journey, Adam Lane. Say hi to everybody. What's up? So, yeah, another glorious Sunday morning here in Richmond. Uh, A lot to talk about today. Um, Obviously, Opus 8 is out. Uh, We had a tournament yesterday. Um, You're starting to see a lot of local events, um, you know, kind of get underway with Opus 8. We got some more Crystal Cup news. Um, Just just really really a lot to go into, man. Um, Really exciting so far. So I I think – and we're actually we're also going to talk about um, we're going to kind of do uh, do the kind of Swami says today we're going to do a little Opus Eight predictions. So, with that being said, we're just going to dive right in, Adam. We're going to dive in to a very familiar place, a place that while it wasn't initially part of our part of our shtick, it kind of took on a life of its own. Um, but it's a great place where you can find you know just a bevy. Just a bevy of information, uh, you know. You kind of get, you know, get a get a, a sense of what's going on in the community. Adam, do you have any idea what that could possibly be? Maybe. Maybe you think so? Yeah. <laughs> you get three guesses, and the first two don't count. Oh man! It's the news. First up. Adam, we've got um, kind of a a final, I guess, dossier on the, um, the the Crystal Cup. Some of them will be sealed in North America. Um, go ahead and run down the ones uh, the ones that will be sealed versus the ones that will not be sealed. Uh, so the first sealed one should be Kansas City. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, that's in June, correct? Yeah, it's uh, end of June. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then following that, Richmond and Arizona will also both be limited top cut. Uh, the only if I'm one, not mistaken, the only one that's going to be, assuming I'm, I'm your question that's coming, the only one's going to oh, be yeah, Opus Nine. Is, yeah, Opus Nine is going to be at uh at the Arizona one, but the other two should be Opus Eight if the release dates right. Mm-hmm. And what what are your thoughts on that? Um, I'll I'll let you lead off on this one because I I think I think I, we I think we both have pretty strong opinions on this one. Go ahead. I mean, I never hated the idea. I just thought mm-hmm. that uh. Throwing all the crystal cups at one time, without much like preparation, kind of didn't like feel good, and there was a little bit of backlash because of that. Uh, I I love limited, so like it was always fine for me. I was always gonna play. Like it wasn't gonna stop me from going to anywhere. Um, and I do still think that if you can play this game standard, you can easily play this game in limited. You just have to really understand, um, like card value and i think in order to be really good at standard you have to understand that already so a, a lot of things translate i mean if you look at the german crystal cup um in you know over in germany uh, a lot of the players that did well in standards also did well in limited so like mm-hmm. i think that says something absolutely um I, it makes the top eight feel like the best eight players in the room if that makes sense 
Um, because I, I, I'm with you, man. Um, I know at first I was very much against it just because I felt, I felt like it was one of those kind of like you blindsided me kind of things. And I, my initial fear, which could have easily come to fruition that, you know, the set that, that all this was going to happen in just wouldn't be good for limited. Well, thankfully that's a non-issue. Um, I think this set is actually really, really solid for limited, but yeah, I agree with you. Um, it, it, while it is a different skill set, um, the, just knowing the interactions and knowing, you know, what, what good cards are good and what interaction, you know, um, when to play what, what you think you should be drafting and understand how to draft. Well, I think a lot of just the way you play the game translates over to limited. Um, and, you know, I, I, I'm actually really happy that, um, you know, ours is going to be one of those mixed ones. You know, I had another thought on that, but I just completely went blank. Uh, yeah, I mean, so like kind of a follow-up to that, the next EU one is going to be five packs instead of six, which I assume is going to carry over into the North America ones. Mm-hmm. So they now, decide, and I think that's actually a better change. I think six was a little too much, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, that, I'm, thank you for reminding me. I haven't had my coffee yet, so I'm, I was drawing a blank, but that's what I was getting ready to ask. Um, the change from six to five packs. I know there was some feedback from the German Crystal Cup about six packs. Why Why do you think that was? Do you think it just gave them too many options? or? I think it's just a lot of cards. Like, <clears throat> four wasn't enough because with four, sometimes you can get backup starved on like the elements that you're drafting in. Sometimes, like, sometimes. Sometimes four mm-hmm. packs is fine. Um, mm-hmm. It just depends, but like with with six, like with six, I think sometimes you can maybe able to get into one color, which is kind of crazy. But you're probably almost That's always fair. in two. Um, and, but you would get some really like because a lot of the power and value, at least like for the most part, is going to be at like your common and rare level, like mm-hmm. like the stuff you're going to see a lot of, right? And and, mm-hmm. and at six packs, I feel like in you know just to use Opus Seven as an example, you're going to end up with like four zaps and like four ramus and and things like that and with five packs that kind of comes back a little bit and you're you're not, not going to get that as often you're probably more likely going to be like two zap two ramu kind of thing um mm-hmm. also uh you can't hate draft as much when you do five ba- ba- uh, packs too like you can't just steal everything like you can't just take the removal from other people mm-hmm. like, well i mean you can but you have to be a lot more careful because you have one less pack that you're pushing around that's fair yeah that that is a very very fair assessment um so I, i'm really excited to see it and like i said um i think opus 8 is just a really solid limited set um it, it just it looks like i mean granted yes like you said when you talk about pre-release it is a little burst heavy that's my only problem I, with it like that's literally my only problem i do think that uh there's a ton of removal a ton of it um and you probably could get away with like drafting a ton of removal and just like uh-huh. uh, like not as many forwards and if you if, if you can get backup set up and just kill all their stuff and only just keep your stuff on board uh-huh. you could probably win that way in this in this limited format that's fair but thankfully like with all that removal that's in the set comes a very um wide spectrum of forward sizes as well i mean you've got you know, you've got nine Ks, you've got plenty of those, you've got eight Ks, you've got seven Ks and below. 
Um, so the fact that, that there is a lot of removal, there do, there is a wide range of forward sizes as well. And I, we could probably do a whole, just a whole episode talking about just limited concepts and balancing and things like that. But overall, I've, I've kind of changed my stripes on it, especially now that I've seen, because I know my biggest fear, my absolute biggest fear was that Opus 8 wouldn't be a good limited set. Because if it's not, that just kind of puts, you know, just puts a damper on the whole thing. But that fear has long since been squashed. So I'm really excited to see how that turns out. So next piece of news, yeah, we had the, um, the over in Japan was the um, the Final Fantasy 14 Fan Fest. And apparently, I know I saw a thing on Facebook this morning. Uh, apparently, there was a, a fair amount of people, you know, talking about the TCG over there, or like inquiring about it. Um, I think from the post that Kageyama put up, it was like 220 people or something like that. Yeah, I mean, they were like inquired about it throughout, I guess, throughout the event. Well, no, they have like the uh, the workshops, I guess you want to call them that, like where people come and learn how to play. Kind of like how we did over at the, uh, the Brave Exvius Fan Fest, kind of yeah, like that. Yeah, I think it's exactly like that, actually. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, 14 is huge, and I'm oh, glad yeah. that they're doing stuff like this. I wish they had done it at the North American one, too, but... uh I mean, you know, mm-hmm. next time, I guess, hopefully. Uh, but, I mean, you're looking at, like, this is, like, twenty to 30,000 people at this fan fest that are, like, all about Final Fantasy. So mm-hmm. it should be really easy to sell them a card game that is awesome. based around Final Fantasy. So, and they got some pretty sweet promos, too. Um, oh, that Raubon. I want that thing so bad. Yeah, they got a full art Opus 2 Raubon. I'm not sure if it's foil or not. I would assume it's foil. Yeah. Um, and then the uh, another like A zero zero three, which is a, like the samurai from Stormblood, with the mm-hmm. little barcode on it. Um, that looks pretty that cool. Is probably going to be the harder one to get. I don't know because well, I don't think this is going to be as bad as like the A zero two because yeah, this is this fan fest is more widely known. So all you have to do is find someone that attended a Final Fantasy fourteen fan fest in Japan, which people flew mm-hmm. for that. Like you, there are some Americans that went for sure. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, whereas, like the A zero two was like at some art thing that like not many people knew about and was limited access. So like, there's there should be way more of these flying around. I'm not saying they're going to be super cheap, mm-hmm. but there should be way more of these flying around. And I do think there's going to be a lot of people that have them that don't know what they have. That's fair. So, that is cool. fair. <laughs> Makes you wonder how many of them might people have grabbed them. And they just like end up in the trash. I hope not. <laughs> oh, I don't even think about that. Don't even want to think about that. Yeah. But yeah, that's really cool. I really hope that uh hope that Robon works its way over here in some capacity because I really really want that card. Um, next piece of news, uh, you know, we did have a uh, we did have a tournament yesterday down in Yorktown. It was the uh, Win a Box slash Community Community Day. I'll never skip that on the first time. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'm gonna take that to the grave with me. Um, it was a really really well run event. I think this was the uh, the first time. This is the first uh, attempt at them doing a Win a Box like this. Um, I think the last event that Jersey is Jersey's in Yorktown. I want to say the last event that they did was the L, the the LQ. Well, they have locals and stuff, but yeah. Well, yeah, they have locals, but no, like here's a tournament with a box on the line. They haven't done any kind of uh, like official tournament outside of a weekly since the LQ. If I'm not again, I could be wrong, but I like I think we would have heard about it because we we're just in chats with those guys like all the time. Um, overall, it was a good event. Um, Adam, I guess we can kind of talk about what decks we played. Um, before we do that, a big shout out to Colin Coughlin for winning the whole thing. It was on Mono Lightning. Uh, shout out to Josh Rose for finishing second. He was on Mono Earth Boys. 
Um, so shout out to both those guys for doing a re- having a really great day of cards. Um, our day, while it was fine, it wasn't as good. I know, Adam, you were able to get into top eight. Um, I bubbled like a champ. Shout outs to my man, Vince. Um, that's what happens when you play Mono Earth, I guess. But overall, I thought it was a really good tournament. Um, like I said, I was playing Mono Earth Boys as well. Um, I made a couple changes to the deck, and I, I felt like overall, I, th- I still think the deck is fine. I think it's, if you're playing Mono Earth outside of like big doofy bursts, I think that's the 15 packages, the way to play the deck. Um, like I said, my two losses uh, against Tannis, I made a critical play at the end where I should have, instead of just not, I didn't pay attention to the backups he had out. And instead of playing two forwards that he just moved out of the way with uh, it was Black Mage is the backup that lets you dull and free something when you break it. Bard. 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 And then uh, he used Yatsuyu to say the other one couldn't block. So the play should have been just I play a Titan, kill one of his guys, and that's it. That's it. I, he doesn't kill me that turn. Um, and then on the next turn, all my guys untap, and then we're just in. And you, the idea is I kill the vein to un- my Ignis untap. But the um, overall, like he played the deck very well, and he also made it into top eight. Um, and then my other loss was to Danny Diaz, who was on Mono Lightning. Um, I think Mono Lightning is probably the worst matchup for the Mono Earth deck. And I got him to five really quick and then just ran out of gas, and he just whoop, just turned it all right around. So big shout-out to him. Um, and yeah, I ended up finishing 10th because um, of tiebreakers. So, But overall, I had a fantastic time. Uh, then I got to do some gunslingers. We did, you know, gave out, out some chapters, foils. Um, so played a lot of gunslinger games in the afternoon. It was a lot of fun, absolute lot of fun. I, and I know we got the next one uh, on 420, oddly enough. But I had a fantastic day, Adam. Tell us about your day yesterday. Uh, yeah, so I brought Wind Ice standard units. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to build as many decks around the new Warrior Light as I can. Decks card's so good. <clears throat> I mean, when he goes off, he's he's just really stupid. Um, there were turns where I'd play like Warrior of Light and then Chocobo Knight, search out mm-hmm. the Haste Chocobo, untap two backups, play the Haste Chocobo, untap two backups, Haste the Chocobo Knight, dole the Chocobo Knight, play a Chocobo, untap two backups. And this is like all in one turn. Um, I was also trying to play the DGS uh, guys for extra like search value off the Warrior Light too, because the, mm-hmm. the idea was like I'm just gonna play stuff that searches and untaps my backups, um, and then just kind of flood the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> and then at the end of the turn, play Ishtola, so that like mm-hmm. I can protect myself against certain things. Um, it worked pretty well for the most part. I was able to do that every game uh, against Tannis. I didn't see Warrior of Light till late which hurt um and he played the garland on like turn two and not seeing the warrior light till like way late it was kind of rough i was able to like flood the board at one point with chocobo nice but he was able to freeze some of them mm-hmm. and then um yeah i just couldn't really get ahead and then when i felt like i could swing i hit a ex burst and i think that was lights out um yep. <clears throat> then last round against adam uh i lost he was playing was playing like a monk deck which mm-hmm. is a little rough because a lot of my like the way i need to win is i need to dull I used snow to like kind of dull their board and swing out, and I got him to five, and I shouldn't have put him to five because it activated his lease and it made power really awkward for me to deal with. Um, he was never really able to play like Mott or anything like that, so that really didn't matter. Um, but he he was just ahead, like he he was able to get a, just as big of a board as me, and give all his dudes brave at the same time, basically. So he's just a swinging, and I can't really swing back into that, which was rough. <laughs> And then I squeaked to the top eight, and then I had to play Josh, who was on Mono Earth, and um, I couldn't beat, I couldn't deal with like the turn one Gladio. He had it, I think, 
it wasn't turn one, but he had turn two Gladio, I think, every game. Um, mm-hmm. we, well, it was quick, though. It was 2-0. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think, the, I think the first game, it was like turn turn one, Kolka, get Ingus. Then he played Ingus, got the 2CP Noctis, played the 2CP Noctis, and then played Gladio. And then I Alexandered the Ingus, but it did matter. I couldn't deal with Gladio the rest of the game. And then the next game he played uh, turn one. I think I don't even think he played a backup turn one. I think he did go Noctis, Gladio, turn one that game. I might <clears throat> be misremembering. Um, and then, yeah, I just I couldn't kill Gladio. So I think, for, like, I, I, well, I Alexandered that Gladio, and then he played another Gladio. So Turns out when you only have to pay two CP for that guy, he's just really insane you know insane value and we, and we can talk more about that uh, at least that card in particular when we start getting into our predictions um but yeah, how, how overall how was your experience oh no it's a lot of fun like the deck was a ton of fun um i think i think the wind water one that i have built might be slightly better uh the more i'm thinking mm-hmm. about it but the wind ice one was also fun too um i i, I really like the new warrior light i do think it is a busted card i still yeah. think it's busted um it's just gonna take a little time i think like it's harder to build or like i mean it's it's not easy it's easy to build around because you just put standard units on the deck but like i feel like it's going to be hard to really take it all the way to like its full potential um mm-hmm. i know i've saw like a couple to japanese, maximize the value yeah. every turn i saw a couple japanese players who have found some inf- like infinite loop stuff kind of semi-infinite mm-hmm. with with that card um and so i'll probably start trying a little bit some of that stuff too if it's actually consistent but um yeah, I think the card's nuts. Uh, it did nutty things. Like, every every time, like, I'd have to, like, ask my opponent if they're ready because I have to, like, announce, like, probably 40 triggers in that turn. Like, because every time I play a standard unit, I have to trigger off, like, whatever the standard unit does, and then I have to trigger wall, and then I have to activate two backups, and then, then I'm searching, and then I have to trigger again. So it's, like, it's it's a long turn. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a lot yeah. of fun. I have a lot of fun doing that. So And then I also did... Gunslingers after I got put out of the top eight. I had a Death Machine deck that was uh, a lot of fun. It's four colors. Uh, and it only lost one time. Uh, I lost Johnny milled me out, and that was it. Um, mm-hmm. But every other game, I was able to keep Death Machine on the board like the whole game. Yeah, Death Machine with Cal Brenna and Vanille just seem really okay. Yeah, and Urian J. Like, you just bring him back, mm-hmm. and you don't care if he dies. So, yeah, that's true. So. That is very, very true. Yeah, and then we, uh, then we, uh, I'm still feeling it this morning, man. I just Sushi King, Big Eaters Club afterwards, and just, you know, just really, really good time hanging out with those guys. And I'm really glad that this is going to turn into a monthly event for them. I can't wait for the next one. I know we're doing the, uh, I believe they're calling it the Gishel Greens Cup on 420 next month. So yeah. do with that what you will. And uh, what was really cool um, before we <clears throat> kind of move on into our bigger topics. Um, it was really cool to see a lot of new faces, a lot of younger faces there. I know there was a guy with it. Uh, he brought his kids with him, and they were getting into the game. He was getting into the game. Um, <clears throat> just really like seeing more people get into it and wanting to play it and be really excited about it. Um, I know one of my opponents was uh, – I think his name is Phil. Um, his, I played against one of his kids in like the second or was the second round, second or third round of the tournament. He was just playing one of the starter decks, but he looked like he was just having an absolute fantastic time. <clears throat> and after the match was over, I gave him like because you had given me a pack of Bahamut sleeves. I literally just paid it forward, gave them to him, and I had this pile of like foil and non-foil legendaries that were just kind of like, oh well, I don't need any of these, and I just gave them to him, and I was like, here, you know, here build something with these play it was like decent stuff it was like you know ramza's 
uh, some mirrors in there. Um, some of the, uh, the, not the old Orlando, but the second with the other one, there's some heroics in there as well. Um, so, you know, just kind of paying it forward and seeing all these new faces there playing and everybody just having a good time. It was, it was a really good feeling. It was a great day. Just a great day for the community around here. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, so I think that about wraps up the news, unless I'm missing something, Adam. No, that's it. It should be it. Yeah, yeah. so kind of a light week. Um, I mean, obviously the Crystal Cup news is very, very exciting. So we're really glad to see. And, that, and that, I mean, that's in a couple weeks. You know what, three weeks is um, Tampa? Yeah, not even so three weeks. I'm pretty like two weeks, right? No, yeah. it's three. It is three. It's three. Yeah. So like, really, like, I guess the big piece – and that whole thing, and this, and this, I guess, technically is the last, but also the overlapping piece. It was Opus Atal. It was this this past weekend, or this weekend that we're in right now, was, was release weekend. So everybody's, you know, got their hands on sets now. Every, I mean, obviously people have been proxying and playing prior to this, but now they've got cards in hand. They're able to sit down and kind of look at different synergies. So, And, you know, I, I think I spend pretty much all day on FFX right now just building new things and you know trying to do some like you know proof of concepts and things like that but um you know it sets out three people got three weeks they got three weeks to really you know put something really saucy together and try to get that world spot it's the first world spot for north america so i can't wait to see what people come up with but with that being said opus 8 the meta is here like i said let's talk about predictions adam Let's do a little, little game of Swami says. We're going to each do five predictions. And we're going to revisit these when we do our Opus 8 wrap-up episode in the future. I want, let's, we're going to go kind of back and forth. Five predictions that we think are going to play out here in the Opus 8 meta. And it can be any kind of prediction. Like, uh, I think X card will dominate the meta. I think X, uh, X deck will be a major player. I think X deck will fall off. I think X card will have an initial impact and fall off or somebody will figure something out for this card later because I think it's busted, that kind of thing. Um, so with that being said, <clears throat> just to kind of break the ice, I'll go first. I think Mono Win Crystal Chronicles will be um, will be the one of the best, if not the best deck in the meta for Opus 8. That's my first prediction. Yeah, and, I mean, that's fair. And I, and I know that's a low-hanging fruit, but, you know, sometimes eye level's the way to go. But the reason I say that is I, I just because, you know, and you'll see it in our wind review, I think adding cards like Norstalin, um, Wal- Waltrill, when, I always say his name wrong, Waltrill, um, and then have, giving them, giving wind access to more removal like Alexander and Death Gaze. Um, and I... Uh, you know, I know I initially had given Aerith uh, a three on our review. I think that card might actually be a five if we if we can if we can just put a big sign and go back and re-edit that video. Huh. But no, I think that card's really really good, and I think that's just a, a monster in mono win specifically. Um, so yeah, I, I just think that card just now has a lot more. I mean, it already had a lot of tools with you know Yuri and Chalinka and D- and Diabolos and Yashola and Zidane. Now it just got more. And the crazy part is it's not hard to squeeze this stuff in. That's the, And that's what makes it really crazy. The way the deck is already built, you can just kind of slide this stuff right in, and now it just makes it more consistent. Yeah, I think it's not, like, super hard to play either. 
Yeah, anyway, that's that helps mm-hmm. too. It's kind of com- like you can be pretty comfortable playing it, um, and it's, <laughs> it's just it's really good and and it's not super hard. I think you could put cards in and, and then make it more tricky, but mm-hmm. I don't think what you're doing is that tricky. The trickiest thing is like Yuri, and that's not that tricky really. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. With Yuri, you're you're literally just what do I do here? Oh, I'll just dull and freeze that guy. But I yeah. guess I'll put 4K there. It, it, it's it's very you know paint by numbers a lot of times. But um, yeah, so that's my first prediction. Adam, what is your first prediction? First of five. Um, I'll say that Fire's not gonna win in any of the Crystal Cups. Like I don't think you're gonna see a deck that's even X Fire. I think you'll see a few that make top eight, but mm-hmm. I think it's still not that good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's getting better. I think they have a few things. I still think they have a little bit of an identity problem. Like, mm-hmm. but like, um, there's a few cards that are pretty good. And I think Fire Ice might be able to do some things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just don't see it winning anything. Mm-hmm. So I, I think no, you're not gonna ever see red cards take a major tournament for the for Opus Eight. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and, that, and that's fair, and I and I do agree with you. I think if any if any fire deck does, it will be fire ice because I think I think there's enough tricks there, um, especially with cards like Palom in conjunction with Phoenix. I think um, Edgar making Locke better, um, and that's actually a great segue into my next prediction. I think fire ice with a Final Fantasy VI focus finally works its way back into the limelight um i if, if any fire deck could see it uh could see a, a a major victory i do think it's that one just be just because of what the addition of edgar does for the deck and i know that sounds like a really kind of minuscule thing but edgar but potentially making Celis a 10k, making Locke potentially a 9k, um, making Setzer. Of, of course, you'll have Duke Larg out. That's, that's just par for the course with this deck. You know, really threatening these bigger bodies. Like you know, Locke even with Duke Larg, you know, was only an 8k, and, that, and that's that's an easy trade in a lot of places. But now you got Locke swinging, and you see Edgar up. You're like, oh man, do I lose a card or do I lose a, a body blocking this guy? So. Edgar just has such a huge impact, and the fact that now you can just color fix so easy in that deck. I think, I think if you're, I think if a fire deck does do well, it is going to be fire ice. So I, that's my prediction. Fire ice gets a fire ice with a Final Fantasy VI focus gets back into the limelight and could potentially win, could potentially win a major tournament. Yeah. That's my number two. And and let me be clear with mine. Uh, a deck that just puts three phoenixes in their deck doesn't count. <laughs> correct correct um, so like if if if, a deck, if like earth wind or something shows up with like arian j and three phoenixes that is not a fire deck even though it has three red cards in it correct um, i feel like the minimum should be like like eight like eight to ten should be like I'll, that's how I, i'll say ten is the minimum for the requirement of what i said fair enough fair enough all right what is your next prediction adam what is number two i think and this has kind of already happened, and I've, I've actually said this off, off the podcast. I think Mono mm-hmm. Lightning and Mono Water will be very, very good early. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they'll carry it all the way through, but I think you should expect to see both of those archetypes early on at major and smaller events. I think, I think that yeah. like they both got 
some pretty high power cards um, that are pretty easy to just kind of jam in what they already had. Mm-hmm. Uh, and their game plan is basically the same. Like, it doesn't really change. Um, maybe Water a little bit more so than Lightning has maybe like a little bit newer cards that do slightly different things, but the idea is kind of still the same. Lightning, I feel like, can kind of just jam in like a lot of the new cards, like um, like the new Words of Darkness, they just kind of slot in. Um, I mean, Sakura, you can put in as like a one of if you want, or, you know, two at the most. Um, yeah, I, I just feel like a lot of their cards just kind of slide in. You don't really have to, like, make a ton of room for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can just swap out your Alpha Nos for Alice and play the forward Al- Al- Alpha No. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think they're going to be really strong early. I do think they'll taper off a little bit, though, as the meta starts to, like, reveal itself. But mm-hmm. when the, when but when everything's kind of wild, um, they're, both of those decks are very good and, like, adept at, like, handling a lot of things. Yeah, like like you know, I think you kind of said it best last week that you know, specifically Mono Lightning, the deck is just generically good. So when thing, like you said, when things are wild, you have this kind of sure thing sleeved up. Like th- those synergies haven't changed since what Opus Two, Opus Three. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's like uh, it's like if you go to the horse track, you know, and you have mm-hmm. that sure that sure horse that's probably always going to get like top three, you know, mm-hmm. or, or you can try to bet the wild card and he might be <laughs> dead last. Um, but it's but you know, seventy-two to one odds. <laughs> my man, glue stick. <laughs> yeah, but it's you know it's they're they're just yeah they're always those decks are always good and because we you know we don't rotate in this game so like those synergies just don't disappear and mm-hmm. they just do a lot like you people t- tend to forget like Al Cid was like a huge problem like people were complaining about that card for like two or three sets mm-hmm. and. Now, like, no one complains about him because we have so many other powerful things like Yuri and stuff, and then you just forget that he exists, and now everybody's trying all their other cool stuff, and then you get an Al Cid played on you, and you're like, oh, yeah, that card's there. Like, you know, it's you still have to have ways to play around that guy, and if you build your deck and you're trying all these new cards, and, you know, I mean, obviously, if you're playing Yuri, it's pretty easy. You have, like, a way on the card to just play around Al Cid. It's not hard. Um, but I feel like a lot of these new power cards don't play into that card very well. Um, he actually is pretty good against them for the most part. Not not everything, but for the most part. And so I think I think you're going to see him make a pretty strong comeback. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And again, especially the earlier in the meta that we are. So, with that being said, I think. Um, so my next prediction, I think, Mono Lightning wins the Tampa Crystal Cup. That's a that's a bold statement. So that's my third prediction. I know it's the more limited scope prediction, but I think the first spot in Tampa gets won by Mono Lightning because <clears throat> I, I think three weeks, while that is a, a good amount of time to start figuring stuff out, I, I think Mono Lightning will just still be just be in a good spot where you know it, it'll just have an answer for a lot of those kind of really unsure interactions yeah i mean i guess I, I think i think it's gonna be really good early so I w- it wouldn't shock me um if it, if it won mm-hmm. and how about you adam number three um I'll, I'll get a little weird with this one i guess so i think mm-hmm. that you're gonna see more decks do better that have the turks package in them than then then a final fantasy 7 package like with cloud and tifa and barrett i think I think the Turks package is better than the seven package in like Fire Earth or whatever you're trying to do. 
Mm -hmm. It's just not as like in your face, like because no, because I agree with you a hundred percent. I think it just it's a, it's a little more big brained. So you kind of have to think about how you're going to do it. But I 100% agree with you. Yeah. And when I say that, I don't mean just like playing like a one-off deck with like Tifa and Zangan and then everything else is just like whatever. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I guess if you're playing Cloud, that kind of counts. Like if you're playing like Cloud, Tifa, Zangan, that's a small little seven package. Um, mm -hmm. And like Vincent doesn't count either. Like if you're just playing Vincent, that doesn't count. But I'm saying like if you're going, like I think you're going to see decks that have Rufus, Reno, and Rude in them that do better than, than decks that have like Cloud, Tifa, Zangan, Barret, anything like mm -hmm. that. I think the thing that might come the closest, because I, I do think Yuffie is a good card, but you'd have to cater mm -hmm. to her. That might be the only thing that saves them. That that might be what proves me wrong. Is like Yuffie and Goto and and some other seven package that helps her get online. Yeah, because I, I think Yuffie's pretty insane. I think she's really good. I mean, I have a bunch of decks built around her. Um, mm -hmm. Now, if, if that deck involves the Turks, then it doesn't count. So like if, if if Yuffie sees play with the Turks and that becomes what's good, then then, then I'm still right. If that makes yeah, sense. No, that's fair. That <laughs> because, is fair. Because the Turks are seven cards, but mm -hmm. I but I think their package is actually better than whatever the seven stuff offers from like the starter and, and things like that. I think there are a few good one off. Like I do think the the big fire cloud is good, but you, mm -hmm. I don't think you're really playing him in a seven deck because if you're playing that at that point, you want to see like light cloud and stuff yeah. like that. I agree with that. And a seven focus deck, I think Light Cloud is better. But the Fire Cloud is, just, I think the Fire Cloud is good in the in uh, those X Fire decks oh, yeah. that we were talking about. I, I, I think, think, that, I mono think that card is huge. Yeah, I think he's really good in mono as well. I think that yep. here's the issue. I just like like on a slight slight tangent. So Tifa, I think is really strong if you can play Zangin, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and then if you get the discount, she's insane. But the problem with getting the discount is like now the best way to get the discount is to play the the new Earth Cloud. But like you want to play the light cloud, but then that is kind of opposite of what you want to do because in order to play the light cloud, you have to have a seven character on, or seven forward on board, mm. and then that now you're required to have another forward before you play the light cloud before you play the Tifa. Like it just gets like there's just too much you have to do to get the value out of your cards. Mm. Whereas like Rufus can just be played, and you can go get Reno, or if you have Reno, you can go get Rudy, and you just play two backups. And the worst yeah. case scenario is you have two lightning backups and Rufus on the board. Yeah. And with those on with those guys on the board, like Rufus is threatening to trade pretty far up the curve. Yeah, I mean, if you have Rude and Lulu on the board, I mean, Rufus is going to kill a twelve k. Mm hmm. So. Yeah, and that and that's really okay. So I I think those I I think those cards are fine. Um, they might be I I. I think what happens is when you see when people see Turks, and I'm guilty of it too. You you want like the whole tribe. Oh, you want the whole gang. And it's you not want a to tribal like deck. A... Yeah, it's not a tribal. Oh. It, for right right now, it's a package. I think, mm -hmm. and I think people. Yeah, I mean, even me at first, I was like, I want I wanted a tribal. I wanted to play like you know a bunch of Turks and like play them like scions. But mm -hmm. I think right now they're a package deal. You just play mm -hmm. them. I think you could play them in mono lightning to pretty decent success, honestly. I think mm -hmm. I think you could play him in Wind Lightning. I think they're pretty good there. I think Reno is a good backup, actually. I think he's mm -hmm. really good. I think he's decent by himself, but when you play Rufus, he's a lot better. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. <clears throat> All right, so my next prediction, and this one may be the unpopular opinion. I think Light Rain ends up being, like, non-existent in this meta. I'm going to say it again. I think Light Rain 
ends up being non-existent. If he shows up in decks early on, I think he just fizzles out. Just I don't know. I, think what's I don't know happen, if I can agree it, with that one, but yeah, I mean, it's a bold. Well, pick. It's a bold pick. Yeah, this this might be this might be my uh, this might be my bold pick. This this is my this is my Shannon Sharp pick and like. The, the Cleveland Browns a couple of years ago to beat like the New England Patriots. You know what I mean? Like this is my this is my bold pick. Um, and the reason I say that is, I, I think what's going to start happening is, as the meta, as the meta starts to evolve, I, I think I think because that card's still innately slow. Like you have to if you s to give it haste, you just kill it. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's it's. A normal size body. It's a three CP seven K eight K if you got a Velia. So whatever. It's not really getting much bigger than that, unless it's played in conjunction with something like Jake. But again, like these cards are just going to die <clears throat> before they get the chance to really do anything. At least with a card like Yuri, he and I, and I think that's what's going to happen. That's why I said that. I think what's going to happen is like these decks are just going to start going back to Yuri because Yuri is just an just an innately powerful card that has an immediate impact when he hits the board. Rain, well, I think Rain, and don't get me twisted. I think Rain is a really, really good card. I just don't think he's going to pan out like some people think he is. And this is one. I, this is one of those ones I really want to be wrong on, but I, I just kind of feel that this is just a card that's just going to kind of fizzle out. Because if you're playing light cards, I think what's going to happen is you're just going to end up going back to Yuri in some decks, or he just he's it's going to be. <clears throat> I'm going to look at Rain almost kind of like how I look at Lon. I, the difference is I think Rain is an innately better card, but I think what's going to happen is he's going to hit the board and just die immediately every like every time. So he'll never be able to have those big swingy turns, even if you like use like Alua to like shoal him. Or red mate because you're obviously playing him in like a water lightning type of deck. Um, even if you do something to haste him, you're probably just going to kill him right there on the spot. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, he, he that's that's my. I think he just fizzles. That that's my that's my probably my unpopular pick because I, I just I don't I think he's good. I think he's really 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 good. But I just I think everybody knows he's good. So it's just going to be one of those things where it's like oh he's just dead immediately as soon as he hits the board just dead. Yeah, but at least I guess uh, you could play them like early for pretty good value, and if they kill them, like you, you can kind of break even, I guess. With Lawn, I feel yeah. like a lot of times you're not, but especially since you're running like Rain and stuff with Lawn. Ideally, with like, uh, not Rain. Yeah, Rain. They're both named Rain. Yeah. I, I confuse myself. Rain with a Y. Yeah, I, I confuse myself. But yeah, uh, at least with the other Rain, like you probably have other targets that you can get with like the searchers that you're playing with Lawn. Oh, it's like sure. you're playing Rain just to get Lawn, just to power up Lawn, but mm-hmm. um. And so if Lon dies, it feels way worse because now you, you're playing six to seven cards just for Lon. Whereas like mm-hmm. Rain, Rain, I feel like you're just gonna slap him in. I don't. I, I wouldn't be surprised though. Like I, because Yuri is such a strong card, he's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I wouldn't and, be surprised. And I think the, the other problem too, and this is just kind of adds on to it. Like you're running three Rains, which that's fine. You're running three Yuris, right? Mm-hmm. But the problem is, your weight. You're you're using your extra copies of Rain to make the one you have on the board better. Whereas Yuri doesn't need another copy of himself to be better. Mm-hmm. So you have to, you have to almost in, essentially just gunk up your own hand just to get his S's and stuff off. But Grant, like I said, he doesn't need his S's to be good because you can just haste him out and go. And you know, there's a huge power swing on your turn. 
and I think he's good. I think he's just a good card in decks with uh, with um, Splice Gemini because you don't get the power buff, but your opponent sure as hell gets the power reduction. So I think there's something there, but I just I don't I, I don't see him really being this crazy impact card. I think I feel like he's going to gum up your hand. I think he's going to gum up your hand more than he's actually going to help like move your game forward. But again, I hope I'm wrong. But that that's just how I feel deep deep in my plums. Yeah. I mean, uh I guess I'll I'll, I'll do one that's like not super surprising. Yeah. You got you got to have the unpopular opinion. Um well, I mean, it's not I don't think it's unpopular. I think it's just not surprising. I think the 4 CP backup, the the Crystal Chronicle searcher, mm-hmm. is probably going to end up being the best card from the set. Yeah. That's that is. I, I want to say, bad. yeah, I want to say it's gonna be Warrior of Light, but I think Warrior of Light's gonna take some time, mm-hmm. um, and maybe like in the future it becomes Warrior of Light because, I mean now like, anytime they print a standard unit now, you have to look back at this guy and I mean, he like I I really already think he's I think he's already busted, I think, mm-hmm. I, I mean I'm trying to figure it out every day I I feel like we already have something that can already break him off. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, just the turns I've been able to do with him is so dumb. And you can do it the turn he comes out. Like, you don't have to wait. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that's, and that's the huge thing. So, yeah, I, I really, really think that card's dumb. But but I think just the simple answer is, like, in top cuts, you're going to see more of that 4 CP bat. I think you're going to see it everywhere, man. Like, it works in Wind Water. It works in Mon- Anytime you're playing Wind and you're playing anything remotely Crystal Chronicles, you don't even have to play, like, Yuri and Chalinka, really. You could play, like... North Stalin, Waltrill, Shrilota. And that's enough. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, so you might start seeing them in, like, um, maybe some, like, funky, like, Wind Earth builds where they just want to, like, ramp or something. Or maybe mm-hmm. some funky three-color decks where they want to get Shrilota out. Um, I'm not saying those decks are going to top or anything, but I, I think you're going to you're gonna see that card a lot. Because it's, it's, I think it's just such an optimal turn one play. Um and actually, let me let me pair this with another thing. Actually, this this is both going to be my point number four. I'm going to cheat a little bit. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Mion is going to be a win staple of this set. Oh, okay. Think, think Mion, I, I also agree with that. I think Mion is going to be a staple in most win decks. Uh, mono win for sure. I think. I think because of that backup, the ability to play that turn one, go get a two CP, play the two CP next turn, you can dull two. Return the four CP to your hand. You can replay it if you want. Go get another two CP, um, and then next turn drop that. Uh, also, like Mion will let you reuse Zidane, which she already could do. A lot of people are running that as like one of to like play her, bump your Zidane back to your hand, and replay Zidane, steal another card. Um, if you're running Death Gaze, uh, it allows you to do the Death Gaze tricks with that. And I think Death Gaze for most people is going to be a one of anyways, but it allows you as a one of to do that trick. Um, and you're drawing a card every time you do this. So like. Literally, you could play the 4CP backup, get the 2CP backup, play Mio, bump the 4CP backup to your hand, draw a card, play the discard that card or whatever other card you're not going to use, play the 2CP backup you just searched. Next turn, untap, draw two, dull, dull those two, pitch a card, play the 4CP again, go get the other whatever Crystal Chronicle card you're missing. You know, It just gets out of control, and I think you get the five backups extremely fast while drawing cards. Yep. So. No, I agree with that. I, I think I think Mion, and I, I think it was proved a little bit last year because I know it was a saucy like one of in a lot of the wind water decks to bump Zidane's to your hand, to bump you know sometimes bumping pain to your hand just to redraw a card. Um, and I'm, I'm glad I mentioned pain, and I'm actually I, I, this could potentially be another unpopular opinion, 
but I think I think this will be a meta where we don't really see YRP. Wow. This might be yeah. more insane than the rain thing. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, as I'm saying, I, I, I think... I think wind water standard units might end up being the better deck this time around. I'm not saying YRP is bad. I think yeah, this, this is my, my as you notice my statements got bolder and bolder <laughs> as we went. Now we're now we are like bold and spicy at this point. Yeah. But I, I think wind water changes so much mm-hmm. because of all these new cards. I, I I think standard units becomes the optimal way to play it. And I think I think you kind of see like the YRP style just really take a back seat um and again this is another one where i could be dead ass wrong yeah but i I just i I just think there's i just think the standard units way might might eventually and i'm not saying right out of the gates because the the yrp one is just firmly established at this point but i think what happens is the value that starts getting amassed off of the standard units just becomes so insanely good and your guys just get so big that like Valifor tricks don't even matter at that point. Um, and also you'll have ways to like untap your archers and stuff like that. You know, whatever. I just I, I think the value you amass out of that build almost outvalues or might even outvalue over the course of the game the wind water, like the YRP build. Yeah, I think I think my only issue with that and I mean you you could be right. I do think the standard unit build is gonna be strong for sure. I think mm-hmm. that's gonna be end up being the better warrior of light build i've been trying a bunch of color combinations but i think it's probably gonna be in the best mm-hmm. um but i Val, it, it's because of valifor it has nothing to do with pain really mm-hmm. i mean pain is pretty unfair too but mm-hmm. uh, it has nothing to do with pain and i mean backup yuna allows you to do it i think she's the problem if that makes sense like i think she's the problem not valifor really mm-hmm. i think valifor is a dumb ass card Mm-hmm. But she's what allows you, like, you're barely playing water. You're only playing water to play that card so that you can play Valor for it. Um, and that's where it gets kind of unfair. But, like, double Valor for turns, I don't care how big you are, man. Like, I, like you could be, like, some ten, a bunch of 10Ks on the board. If I have mm-hmm. double Valor for plus anything else, you're, they're probably dead. Mm-hmm. Like, like, say you have, like, Chalinka and you already have a Honolim out. They're deaf, they're dead. Um, like... If you have one Diabolus plus the double Valifor, they're 100% dead. Like, it's just... Valifor costs two, which is nuts. Mm-hmm. And it untaps all your backups. So if you have five backups, you're netting three CP. Um, it's just... Yeah, it's just crazy. And then on top of that, you have Pain, where you're playing for free and drawing a card. Mm-hmm. So, so she also nets two CP. So you're just like... It, it's, it's the same reason why I think the Warrior Light is probably nuts is because every time you play a standard unit you could potentially start netting cp if you build the deck right mm-hmm. so yeah no. i think it's and a sim- similar I mean, idea i think it's a similar idea but i'm not sure so the thing is like i'm not sure which one's going to be more consistent yet but i think it's a similar idea the only problem is with those standard unit you cannot play valifor unless you're playing yep. like unless somehow the deck becomes standard unit yrp which is possible mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I could easily I could easily see that blend happening as well, and because I think what's happening is, and the reason I say that is, you, you all these all these new cards we're talking about, I, I personally I don't really see much going into like if you take the the old YRP list, you know the one from Opus Seven, the one that was just super consistent and really really good for the majority of the time. I, I feel like if you start trying to add these new things. 
you have to start taking out some of the things that really made it explosive. Like you start taking out some of the bursts, you start changing some of the numbers around. And I think at that point, like the deck loses steam and loses consistency. Um, and, that, and that's really the heart of why I say that that deck is going to fizzle out because I think what's going to happen is or to completely play opposite, you know, they try new things. People playing the deck try new things, realizes there's just something missing. They go back to the old just Opus 7 build, don't really run any Opus 8 cards, and the deck just goes back to being fine. I just, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like it has it, – it, and the reason I – the main reason, again, I say this is because I think the deck has to be rebuilt from the ground up. Yeah, m- maybe. I, I think you could kind of just get rid of the bursts and put the new Crystal Chronicles stuff in mm-hmm. pro- and probably profit. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just where my head's at. You, you've become a little less bursty, but you're still super consistent, and you're going to get your backups online. But I, I do think the burst is, like, part of what helped that deck just be, like, well, I, I feel like the burst, like, really, it, it wasn't, like, the driving force, because they weren't bursts that set your opponent back. They were more bursts that just put you ahead. Oh, yeah. I mean, for sure. But, like, so. I, I think the ones that you lose, like, you don't lose some of the really good ones. Like, Porum's still in there. Yeah, Porum's 100% stay. But you lose, like, Echo and probably Shenra. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, that's mostly it, maybe. And, like, you, you're going to, like, some other backups are going to come out, but I, don't, I think those are the only bursty ones. I think your forwards are going to remain mainly the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you'll lose, like, some EX burst backups. Maybe. Right. So, I mean, if right. is still an EX burst, so yeah no that is very true that is very true so what is yours adam what is your fifth and final prediction for opus eight um so kind of opposite i guess of your fourth one a little bit like a little bit opposite mm-hmm. no i think i think knights is gonna become a really good tribal now like i think maybe not scions good but mm-hmm. like i think it's gonna be up there with scions like, I think you, it's you think rain, rain is good enough to add that uh i think rain, that yeah, I think that Rain gives them something. I think Rain gives them something that they didn't have before. I think it's not mm. going to be like 100% Knights, but Scions isn't 100% Scions, right? Like you have Wall and you have Lua and stuff, right? Yeah, but no, I think, for sure. I think it's going to be enough to call it like a tribal. I think you're going to have like Rain, um, maybe Ramza. I like the new Steiner a lot. Um, obviously like Clady and Avelia and all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I think the new Freya is probably going to be in there. It might actually be kind of like a a knight slash dragoon deck, where and and I'm not saying it's going to be like heavy dragoon. I think your only dragoons are going to be like Astanian and Freya probably. Mm-hmm. But uh, and it, it'll probably be like slightly nine focused. And I think you can have enough backups where that new Steiner can do a lot of things for you. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think that card is really cool. Um, this is a little bold. I'm not 100 percent confident in this, but I I I think that it's possible. It'll probably be water lightning. So, you think so yeah and maybe there's a world where it runs melt gemini and and you just go with like the reduction with like freya beatrix rain and cyclops or something like that uh-huh. and then you know you don't care about their anthems you're just going to reduce like with rain and beatrix swinging every turn that's a 3k power reduction across the board if you have cyclops in hand that's 6k across the board none of this is targeting so a lua's dead you know, uh-huh. if that happens uh, and then you have freya to tack on an extra 2k every time she swings so seems kind of okay I, th- I think maybe some something like that could be good uh, i think i think people are sleeping on the freya i think she's a solid card yeah i agree with that i so. think a card's really really good really really powerful 
But yeah, so those are our predictions for Opus Eight. Um, you know, also, you know, we would definitely want to make this interactive. Whatever you're listening on, um, you know, when we post the uh, the links on Facebook, you know, let us know what you think. Um, let us know, give us some of your predictions. Um, and I can't wait to see. Um, you know, like I said I've made a permanent note of this. So when Opus Eight, when the dust settles, you know, in July, we can actually revisit this list and talk about whether we were right, how, like, how just either a just how how just brag about how right we were. Or just really, really enjoy a nice crow dinner from all the from you know just season to perfection, because I, I think I think that all of them could go either way. I really genuinely do. because um, yeah, I think, I, th- I think Opus Eight's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. I think there's no way we get all these right. I think it's impossible. But uh... oh yeah, yeah. We're, we're gonna we're gonna hope hope you hope you uh you know save room because we're gonna I think we're gonna be eating some crow on this one probably oh, myself yeah. more so. But you know, I, I, look, I like to go with the bold picks, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think there's no way. You, like, even if you single one of us out, I think that I, I think my some of mine are gonna be wrong too. Um, mm-hmm. They're just like kind of where my head is at, and maybe mm-hmm. a few like stretches. You know. Sure. And, but you know, but that's that's part of the fun here, and that's going to kind of segue into our last kind of topic. And it's it's not so much a topic as it is a more of like a thank you kind of you know like we do stuff like this we have these weird conversations we talk about you know we talk about off the cuff things you know predictions about you know what the meta is going to be like when we don't know that's why they're called predictions um all we can do is you know we talk to you know we talk to people all the time you know we build decks all the time we're in like just so many group chats that you know i I end up posting wrong things in the wrong one because they all look the same on my phone but the point is you know, this, like I said, was episode 50. We've been doing this for almost, you know, right. I, I would even say it's about a year because I know there were a couple weeks that we missed. I think, I think in the whole time we've been doing this, we may have missed one or two weeks. Yeah. I think, I think we missed three weeks. The three. Whole, the okay. Whole time. Yeah. And which is, you know, which is, you know, really good because we, you know, we, we try to keep it consistent because we want people to have a source. We want people to have something fun to listen to. We don't want it to always be just something stoic about just competitive play. You know, I know, I know, Adam, I know you're like myself. You're, you know, you're a huge Final Fantasy fan. Like, I'm not, you know, I don't obsess over, like, every piece of the lore, but Final Fantasy has been just a huge part of my life. So have card games. And the fact that we've been able to kind of to put, take those two things, put it into one, and provide a source for people who probably share those same, the, you know, those same sentiments that we do, and we just want people to have fun with it. You know, like I said, th- th- this this episode, th- this is the fiftieth episode. Like I keep saying, and to me, like that's a milestone for us, man. Like we we just started doing this for fun, and we've said this before. We've talked about what you know, we've we've talked and you know, we've been interviewed in articles, and we've been on other podcasts about why why we do what we do. But at the end of the day, we do it for you guys, and we do it because we enjoy this community, and we enjoy the game that has brought everybody together. So, I know I've had an absolute blast doing this. I can't, I can't wait to get to episode one hundred. And I think, I think I want to take a page, and I, I'm blindsiding you with this. I want to. I want to take a page out of the old Fredericksburg Turks podcast episode. Do you have a favorite episode that we've recorded up to this point? 
Oh, God. This, we've had, like, a lot. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know if I really have, like, a favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, or do you, you have a, a moment in the podcast that stands out? I mean, there have been a lot. <laughs> Steven Snickers rapper is probably the one that stands out <laughs> that, to me more than anything. That the notebook moment, yes, that's a that is a that is a great episode. I I don't think I've ever seen you give somebody dagger eyes more than you were just <laughs> ready to just just rip the Snickers out of his hand and just like mush it and then give it back to him. Yeah, I mean, we had like a like early on. Uh, I was still kind of like learning how to edit and learning how to like for sound quality, and we still have issues from time to time because I'm not still uh-huh. the best at it. But like, um, so like some of those episodes are a little rough. Um, I know there's one in particular that like is a probably unlistenable. Oh yeah, episode episode four, the Adams Audible, the most the most unlistenable episode in our entire. Um in our, our entire um catalog if for people, sure yeah and if people want i might still have like the original master of that i might be able to re-upload it it just might not like you're gonna have to deal with some background like noise and i was trying to like learn how to deal with background noise more and i still mm-hmm. haven't really figured it out so now i just kind of eliminate it from the get-go um mm-hmm. and i might be able to like re-upload that one if people actually are interested in it you know i could probably do that um i have to re-edit it again which should be a little annoying but it's, I mean, if people really want, if people would listen to it, I would do it. Um, I don't really know. I mean, like I said, we've had like so many. Um, that I'm not really sure. I have a favorite. I mean, Okimoto's episode stands out to me. I guess when we had Okimoto. Yeah, the Okimoto, great Cole episode. Those were that was a that was a really really good time. Um, yeah, just just I I, I that I've liked having all the guests that we've had on and we've i've definitely got more guests lined up for us i know uh brian lou over in california wants to be on an episode here soon so we can kind of talk about some things there um and you know i de- having the guests on that we've had has just been an absolute like i feel like whenever we've had guests on it's just been a really good time yeah i mean the, the episode with john schreiner was good uh both, oh, it was a great episode. both times we've had andy and um jonathan on have been awesome mm-hmm. Both times we've had Cody, but in my mind it was only once. Yeah, the like the fifty always sunny quotes that we've probably made in every episode. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I liked uh, the the big the big episode we had with like everybody right before Nats with the Choker Bros and all that was a really good one as well. Well, that was theirs. That was their. Yeah, podcast. but it, yeah, yeah, that was theirs. But it was still it was a super episode that we were a part of. Yeah, I mean, but, yeah, I mean, there's. There's a lot. I mean, even the episode with Alex was pretty fun. Yeah, I like doing that episode a lot. Um, no, I will say, you know, just outside of like rambling on, because I could just talk about each episode all day long. My favorite one might still be, might still be the Five Color Ninjas episode where we were just sitting around Adam Duncan's round table. First time, I believe that was, that, that might have been the first time we top eight Johnny on. And we're just, uh, we're just sitting there cutting up, talking about Opus 6. Um, talking about their trip to Toronto, um, that, that episode was what like two hours. Yeah, that might still be the longest episode we've ever done. That episode was yeah, two that hours one might, and six minutes. That that one's still my favorite. I think to this day, just just I think anytime Top Eight Johnny's on, you just you're just in for some really wild uh, some really wild quotes. You know, things like "smells like neck beard" and. Uh, Gotta go drain the Leviathan. Whatever else comes out of that man's mouth. But yeah, like just 
overall, we've just had a lot of fun. We've had a lot of fun working with other podcasters. Like I said, you know, being on the one with the Choker Bros episode, the big like East Coast episode. We've done a couple things with the Triple Triad guys. Um, so just like just you know, I know we've done you know we the Cactar correspondence has been something that uh, kind of stemmed from the podcast. Just th- this whole just endeavor that we've created is kind of just really taken a life of its own you know the podcast has been great you know having the stream setup that we do for events has been great which has kind of allowed us to have our hat in for you know we know we have the petite cup that we did we're doing a couple of the crystal cups this year for north america i'd love to throw my hat in for nats potentially worlds uh to help out with that so i i think you know the fact that you know we've kind of grown and come a long way, but we couldn't have done that without the support from you guys. Yeah. And um, maybe something that we do, cause I, I think we're definitely gonna do a giveaway with this milestone. Like yeah, 50th episode giveaway is 100% happening. Yeah. I'm not sure what it is yet. Um, but I think it's probably going to involve something of like answering on a post, like what content people want to see, uh, what stuff that mm-hmm. maybe we're not doing that we people would like to see more of and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I know for sure next week the pack one pick one stuff is coming back. I've been kind of neglecting yep. that, and um, now that we definitely have limited back again, I'm probably I'm gonna put those back up every week. Mm-hmm. So I think those were pretty sweet interactive posts, and I'm glad people like liked them. And I had a couple people message me asking me where they were, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna start putting those back up starting probably next Wednesday. Yeah, especially now that the set's out, and we know that limited will be a major part of the competitive season. You know, like one hundred percent for sure now. So yeah, I think those are going to be great. Um, yeah, and just just any time, and uh, also too, if anybody wants to be on the Cactar correspondence, man, reach out to us. We'd love to. We'd love to get anybody's feedback on this stuff. You know, like we when these questions get thought up, that like we we're all about having multiple perspectives on these things. And it could be just like simple you know, short sentence answers, or you can do like Hunter Nance and write a Ted talks about, you know, why, why Laguna is his favorite character. I mean, I'd, I'd like to get to the point where the people that we listen, that listen to us, give us their questions. And those are the cactar correspondence yeah, questions. I think that would be great. I mean, I know, so, I know we're I mean, not there yet, but it would be sweet. I think if we could get to that point, um, even if we could get to the point where maybe on the podcast, we have like a short Q and a session, oh, like, Oh, viewer mail, baby. I would, I would love the, uh, the, you know, uh, the mog the magnet mail or whatever whatever it's called mm-hmm. yeah, i would absolutely love to have something like that but like but again you know thank you guys like here here's to episode 50 and here's to hopefully 50 more 100 more um you know i don't i don't expect everyone to always agree with what we say and a lot of times we're just you know we're just we're just silly on here sometimes we sometimes we just shoot off the cuff and don't really know what the hell we're talking about but the point is we're having fun doing it and we appreciate you guys kind of being being along the, for the ride with us. And, you know, again, we're nothing without you guys. So we definitely appreciate everybody that listens every week that, you know, I feel like I feel like for a lot of people, we've become their Monday morning commute. Like my, what I look forward to, I know a lot of people look forward to our podcast on Monday mornings. My favorite thing now, John Schreiner always sends me a picture of him at his office with his feet on his desk with his cup of coffee listening to the returners podcast and like stuff like that just makes like makes me super happy that other people appreciate what we're doing and you know it's it, it's all a community thing man like I, I try my best to listen to everybody else's podcast that does one um and i don't agree with a lot of what other people say and i don't expect that in return 
but I think I think just every I, and this it's bigger than us, right? Like I think other people people having as many outlets as possible really makes it worthwhile because people can get our perspective on something and then get I don't know they can the live from Midgar podcast they can get their perspective on something over there then they get that other perspective on you know the Crystal Tower then they get another perspective on Triple Triad so the fact that there's a lot of these different angles and you know people choose us and then they listen to them and like every it's just I don't know like it's just such a it's such a great community to be a part of especially on the content creation side so like I could sit here and ramble all day about just how like grateful I am for all of this so but I'm, I'm gonna cut it I'm gonna cut that short but again episode 50 be on the lookout for a giveaway post this week on the RVA returners page and you know we're just we're, we're gonna do something really special for you guys just as again just a, a huge way of saying thank you for helping us kind of become what we have been so with that being said adam any parting thoughts any final wishes anything uh, any any ramblings or musings you would like to uh, engage in i don't think i have anything yeah it's uh it's been a fun ride man i think i i when when we started this with uh when me you and drew started this i didn't think it was gonna turn to this and Man, it's become it's become like such a, a cornerstone for a lot of people, and that's that 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 means more to me than really anything else. So, with that being said, we're gonna go ahead and sign off. I can't wait again for episode fifty-one, and you know, can't wait to see you guys in episode one hundred. But yeah, be on the lookout for pack one, pick ones. Be on the lookout for you know that giveaway post. Um, any hot predictions you have for Opus 8, post them up. Uh, if you want to be on Cactar Correspondence, get in touch with us. We'd love to have anybody's perspective on there. Um, you know, because every community in this game is very different. And I want I want to hear from other people in other communities and how they think about things and how they do things and how things work in their neck of the woods. So, you know, again, just reach out to us, man. You know, you can reach out to us on Twitter. You can reach out to us on Facebook. You can reach out to us on, you know, just any of these outlets, YouTube, where, you know, we post our content. Just, you know, just, you know, we love hearing from you. So with that being said, I'm going to sign off. Yep. See you later. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening once again to the RVA Returners podcast. If you like this content and you want to hear more, check us out on YouTube at RVA Returners. And make sure you follow us on SoundCloud and check us out on Google Play and iTunes.